and I was praying specifically um, for help getting our mortgage paid off. And I had a plan in place. It was going to take about three to four years to get it paid off because I'm the numbers guy. I had it all mapped out. And as I was praying and asking God for help to do this, I felt one of the more clear things that ever, ever communicated to me. And I felt like he said, if you really want to see me move on your finances, I want you to begin giving your age as a percentage of your income. And I remember stopping in that field and looking up to the sky and like scratching my head and being like, is this a joke? Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief. It's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. Are you ready to laugh and learn how to have a rich life while making a kingdom impact? My conversation with Bob and Linda Loddick will have you jumping out of your seat, asking how you can change your life and others by using what God has placed in your hands. Bob and Linda believe that true financial freedom is less about yachts and private islands and more about being free to fulfill your God-given calling. Money is simply a tool God provides to help us do the task He has given us. This belief has allowed them to do unbelievable things like paying off their mortgage in three years and giving away $1 million. And you can do these crazy things too with the simple methods they've created, tested, and used to live a life with eternal impact. These are the same methods they shared with me and in their new book, Simple Money, Rich Life. So pull up a seat, get ready to laugh, and learn some kingdom impact goodness. Bob and Linda, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you on. That's actually an understatement for sure. I am just pumped to have you on. So thank you for just saying yes. Yeah. yeah no. We're excited to be here. Yeah, we're really thrilled. Thanks for having us, Erica. Yeah. yeah. So this is actually a celebration episode of sorts. Uh, one, you released your book a couple of months ago. So it's a huge yeah. celebration, oh, like a fantastic yes. accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then two, Bob, this is more you. You are actually the first male that has ever been on the Faith Inspired Podcast. (laughs) I am doing my best. I will do my best to make this a great show. How about that? (laughs) Worth a worthy listen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's exciting. And then three, you were actually episode 50, which is super exciting for me because, yeah, yeah, totally. We have to celebrate those milestones because, as you know, with the business, it's like when you start it, is this actually going to work? And how long yeah. <laughs> How long will it work for? And do I have the motivation and determination to do it? So yeah. 50, here we are. So we are celebrating. Congratulations. Today. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, so lots to celebrate with you guys and Faith Inspired Podcast, all that fun stuff. So I have to be honest, I was just saying this before we hopped on, but I'm like super jacked about this episode. Seriously, super jacked. <laughs> when reading through your book and watching the reels, I seriously, well, first off, I was laughing hysterically. I think, Bob, I had written this to you. I was like, oh my gosh, that reel about Linda, you at Target doing the, you have to buy everything seasonal. You know, like, I didn't know I needed a four foot rabbit for Easter, but <laughs> apparently I'm going to buy a four foot bunny rabbit because I need it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yep. Oh my God. And then like hiding that away from my husband, you know, like in the garage. Right. Yeah, and be like, oh, we've had it. We've had it for a long time. <laughs> a long time. Never noticed. <laughs> yeah, he asked me the other day, oh, uh, is that t shirt new? I'm like, um, this no. whole thing? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? No. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I was just cracking up about your reels and then your book. Seriously, as I was reading through the book, just the different points that you have, honestly, I felt like I was in a sermon and I was like, preach, preach ready to jump up out of my bed and off the couch as I was reading the book. So this is just really super exciting. So I'm kind of fan nerding out a little bit because uh, (laughs) seriously, because we have simpatico a little bit here in terms of what Faith and Gather is really about, what Faith Inspired Podcast is really about, you know, really wanting people to like understand their calling and then being able to follow God's prompting and then 
run and jump when he says move. Yeah. And so I just love that about you guys. And really, I think it's your tagline. I'm going to say it's a tagline that says money is not the goal. It's a tool to help you fulfill what God has called you to do. And I think that's just so good. Yep, exactly. So I've talked enough. If it's okay with you, I am just going to jump into ping pong questions. I want to know a lot of things that I think the listeners want to know. So let's do it. Ready? We're excited. Okay. Let's go. Let's do it. First off, who are Bob and Linda? Who are we? I think you should take this (laughs) So we have been married for 17 years. We have three small children. We have three, five, and eight. They are a lot of fun. They take up a lot of our time and energy. Um, and let's see what else we've, we've, I grew up in the church, Bob semi grew up in the church, but didn't really commit his life to the Lord until he started was following the Lord when I was 20. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way I said. So when we got married, you know, we, we honestly both had this like vision and call to give away a bunch of money. And we had, we were so broke and so poor and I had no idea how to manage money. Like it was laughable for us to even say those things out loud. Yeah. But, yeah. We, you know, we would just both were like, you know, when you're like in your early 20s and you're right out of college and you're like, we're going to just take over the world. We're going to change everything. And, you know, yeah. that was kind of the phase that we were in. And we we're like, we're going to give away millions of dollars. But then reality settles in and we're like, um, Bob would fast meals once in a while at when we first got married because, because the grocery budget was so thin. <laughs> so that was our reality. It was very humble beginnings for us. But like what you were talking about before, and you know, like we've always wanted to be people who follow God boldly wherever He leads. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had the privilege and opportunity of some really fantastic invitations that He's laid in front of us yeah. to follow Him on some adventures. And I'm thankful that we've said yes to most of them and we've gotten to experience some amazing things. And, you know, we'll probably get into some of that in this conversation. But in terms of all that, like our financial journey, we started rough. Um, A few years into our marriage, in 2007 or eight, I started a blog kind of sharing what I was learning about money and how the Bible talked about money, which was fascinating to me. The Bible had something to say about it. And and so that was probably 2007 or eight. I started sharing about that. And then... um, 2008, I ended up going full-time into blogging, and I've just kind of been doing this online thing ever since, you know, podcasting, YouTubing, writing some books and courses, all that stuff. Amazing. Amazing. So you're you're a pro. We've been a pro for a while. We, like, he, my he's God's been grace. A pro. Like, we've been pros for a while. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So in your book and then in your videos, you really... Um, you two kind of different people. You have two separate, different kind of brains. Bob, you are the spreadsheet dude. And Linda, <laughs> you described yourself, I think, as like the butterfly chaser, which just cracks me up. But that's also so relatable. That's why I crack up because my husband's the same thing. He was, he's an accountant or he, you know, has a degree as an accountant. And so he's the numbers guy, just like you, Bob, spreadsheets guy. And Linda, I'm like you. Like, I'm like, oh, let's go on this $10,000 vacation because we should just live it up and, you know, do all these wonderful things. And like, I'm giving my husband mad heart attacks all the time. (laughs) So I want to know, like, how do you really um, work through money being a contention point in your relationship? Because I know it's been a sticky point in mine and we're working through it. We're six years young into our marriage, but I want to know, you know, we're newbies. What have you learned? Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, there's a lot here, a lot to unpack. I mean, I think the reality is that most of us who get married, we find that we're not exactly the same as our spouse in terms of our money mindset, in terms of our beliefs, the way we were raised. Like, that's really common. Mm -hmm. It's actually really rare that you get married to someone and you think exactly the same about money. So what that means to me is that we all have to work through this to some extent, some Mm -hmm. of us more than others, but we all have to work through getting in unity with our spouse on money. And so there's a handful of things that we did that I think have helped, you know, from the beginning and like how we've grown through some things, worked through some things. Uh, I mean, do you want to share a couple that come to mind for you? Yeah, one that comes to mind, and we actually were just talking about some friends of ours who had the same experience, but we took a finance class together early on in our marriage. I mean, what was that? Maybe five years in or something? Four or five, something like that, yeah. And 
it got us on the same page in a crazy way where, where before it had pretty much been Bob, you know, kind of, I don't want to say dragging me along. Like I was willing to do stuff, but like he was definitely leading the charge. You didn't have that much interest. It I did, was, yes. And it was like, I'm willing because I want to be in unity. So I'm going right. to help go along with, he wants to get out of debt. So I'm like, okay, I'll help. Yeah. yeah. But then it turned into like, we were like a force moving together, you know, we were to in unity. conquer our debt. I mean, it was really. It's like, yeah, that verse, one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. Yes. That's what it was. It was like this multiplier where we were in unity and it was, it was a game changer. You know? Absolutely. And I wish we would have known that earlier because, you know, I mean, I guess it wasn't, you know, yeah. super late in our marriage, but if we would have known that our friends took a finance course within a year of them getting married and they were like, everything just clicked for them. Like they were, didn't have time to fight much. <laughs> you know, They were newlyweds, but them doing that together, it was like, all of a sudden they're like, okay, now we, we both can see each other's perspective and we can get in unity. And you can also kind of laugh at your differences, you know, like the $10,000 vacation. Like that sounds great to me, you know, but I can also laugh at myself, right? Like you are now. It's like, okay, I can realize that that's not where we are right now. And maybe we can get there, but let's dream together. And he's gotten really comfortable with the fact that I want the $10,000 vacation. And so he's like, all right, let's dream about it. What can we do to get there? You know what I mean? Like, let's make our spreadsheet so that we can do that one day. So then you're both happy. We have a spreadsheet and we have a dream together. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I think one of those big game changing things for us. And so the class and this class, she's talking about the second, this couple, like they actually went through our financial class for anybody who's interested. Right. Um, And what's great about it, like what I've observed is because, yeah, we've done our best to build a class that is full of great content, but the power in it that we observed, and I think a lot of people observe is as a couple, it just forces you to have, it's an invitation to have conversations about something you otherwise might not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot right. of people just don't have money conversations or productive money conversations yeah, very often. Yeah, I think that's... And having uh, once a week, like we're going to sit down and talk about that, having something that's forced in a way, like because we paid money for this class and we're going to, you know, like that is just so fantastic. And mm-hmm. that was really what helped us get on the same page, yeah. you know? That's such a good idea. I'm thinking that they should have a requirement for that for like the church marriage classes that you take. No. Like I think that would just be just such a good setup. Yeah. Yes, so good. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I'm just so thankful my husband's an accountant because it was forced on me. But <laughs> 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 I've been learning just like you, Linda. That's a question. So do you actually find it fun now, Linda, to talk about money? I mean, I do. Like there's definitely still some I think there's always a little bit of tension in some areas for me where, you know, when we're like, okay, we have to cut back the budget. Like this has happened to us several times where we've had some times where it's like, okay, we're we're a lot more free with how much money is coming in because, you know, our business goes just, it's a roller coaster. And then there's other times where we're like, okay, we need to make the hard decision to like adjust our budget down so that we can still buy groceries, you know? And so there's definitely some tough conversations, but in general, we have made it, like he's sweetened the deal for me where it's like, all right, here's some ice cream. Let's go ahead and have this conversation over ice cream, you know, where it just, it doesn't bother me. It's like talking about anything else and working through problems is like, okay, how are we going to come together and figure this out instead of one of a, like him putting something on me of like, you've got to stop spending this money, you know. we just That never don't. works well, by the way. <laughs> no, never. Don't tell a woman like that. Don't, don't talk yeah. to a woman that way. <laughs> I mean, don't talk to a man that way either, yeah, right? that's true. Like, totally. To- or anybody in general, yeah. Anybody, yeah. So just making it more where we're able to like problem solve together makes it so much easier and not something that I dread at all. So cool. Total unity there. Super cool. Yeah, mine used to be uh, not ice cream, but a glass of wine. In order for my husband to talk to me, I That'll would have work to grab too. a glass That'll of wine. That'll work but... a charcuterie board, a date night, anything. Yeah, totally. Well, I don't drink anymore. So I'm like, man, I have to find something else next time we have like one of those Jesus <laughs> yeah. heart-to-heart moments with it. Yeah. Yeah. So 
in your book, and then just kind of what we were talking about, this totally ties into it really good, but you were talking about the never 100 rule. So never the 100% rule. And also what also ties with it, which I was like, oh man, I talked to my husband about this after I read this part in the book and I was like, oh, I think we have to do this, is that survival budget. So can you talk a little bit about the never 100% and then the survival budget? And if you remember in your book, some of those stats that were just like, crazy shocking. I'd love to hear some of those too. Yeah. So, uh, I might get the percentages off a little bit, but, um, I've got the book too, if you, I was going to say, I have it too. So I'll try and look it up. We have a couple copies. And I think I forgot to mention the title of the book. So if I did, I apologize, but it's simple money, rich life. And it's a fantastic book. So that's what we're talking about. So the never 100 rule for us was a rule we created because I had this observation that early in our marriage, we were not making any forward progress. And the reason was because we were spending 105 or 120% of our income. And so, and, and I realized in do, like looking at a couple of different studies, I realized no one is ever going to go forward if you're spending more than 100% of your income. And this is like basic math, but so many of us don't actually think about it this way. And so I give an example of the book about Mike Tyson, how he earned $400 million over about a seven year period and then he not only spent all of that 400 million, but then he overshot by $23 million and found himself negative $23 million in debt with no money, Gosh. nothing to show for it. And we all listen to that and hear that. It's like, all right, well, he's an anomaly. That's just insane. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the NBA and NFL players, like on average, it's like something where 50 to 70% of them are broke in two to five years after they retire. And these are guys who many of them are making millions of dollars a year. And yet, 50 to 70% of them are broke. It's actually 60 for NBA and 78 for NFL. There you go. There you go. Like, that's mind-blowing to think about that that many people with that good of a salary, when the median U.S. salary is like $50,000 or something, that that many of those high-income earners are broke. And so what that tells me is that it has nothing to do with how much money we're actually earning. Like, it doesn't matter how much we earn. Like, if we're spending 100% of it, then we're going to have nothing left. It's mm-hmm. a simple math problem, you know? And so out of all that, we created this rule for ourselves. We call it the number 100 rule, which is essentially that we're going to work as hard as we possibly can to never spend 100% of our income that we earn in a given month. Mm-hmm. And so our income is a roller coaster. It's up and down. We're entrepreneurs. You know, so it doesn't matter if we make $10,000 in a month, $1,000, or even $10 in a month. Like, we are not going to spend 100% of what we earn. And by doing that, we're going to, some of that money is going to be given because that's our top financial priority for us. Some of it's going to be saved and invested. And we just want to make sure that those top priorities for us are absolutely happening above all else every month. And I feel like, you know, there may have been one or two like crisis months or something where that didn't happen. But in general, we have done everything we could to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And as a result, that's just set us on a forward path with our finances. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the survival budget you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. So the survival budget was something that we first did when, okay, so Bob was working in a financial services industry and he got laid off from his job. And so when he gets laid off, the two of us are like, all right, how are we going to handle this problem? Actually, Bob was more the one in charge. Yeah, and let me just add to that. It was a, so we got bought out by another company and I had like a six month heads up. And so they said, you're getting laid off in six months. So we had a good runway to kind of plan through how we were going to handle it yeah, and all that stuff. Which was a total blessing. And you look back in 2020 when people just lose most of their income overnight. And yeah, like there it's just a was a really big challenge. Yeah, it's a huge challenge. So what happened, the, the way we did this is Bob said, okay, I think I'm supposed to, to go full-time with this blog when I'm done working at this company. And we were both kind of like, okay, how is this going to work? And so then we Blog started to- Blog was not to, making a lot of money at that <laughs> started point. Started <laughs> to plan. So we took our, what we did was we took our budget down and stripped it to its bare minimum. Okay, so this was at the time we had rent, car payments, I think, mm-hmm. cell phone bills, gas to get me to work because I still had a job. Just a couple of those things where it was like, this was like bare minimum, like- we need to have a place to live. We need to be able to get me to work so that I can continue making money, right? Insurance but, or whatever that was. Yeah, and the, the point of the whole thing, though, is to 
really identify what is the lowest amount that you can live on and you can survive yeah. on. The idea isn't that you're going to do this for the rest of your life, but it's like if a crisis happens, if you get laid off, what is that dollar amount that the minimum that you need? You know, if yeah. we cancel all the stuff, cancel the entertainment and just get right. down to actual survival. And that's going to look different for everybody. Like some people can't survive with Netflix, like whatever the thing is, but <laughs> you get the point. Like what is the bare bones that we can do? And it's really empowering. Yeah, because it seems like one of those things where you're like, oh my gosh, this, is the, this means I can't go out to eat ever. This means I can't buy any new clothes. That's actually not the point. The point of it is, okay, what is the bare minimum number so that you don't get evicted? What is the bare minimum number so that you can still eat? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? So that yeah. you're, you're like, give yourself a little bit of time to figure out what to do next. Like, that's all it is. So I think when this is done and used properly, it actually brings a whole lot of relief instead of panic. Well, yeah, I mean, because- Like, if we did this right now, and he was like, this is what we're living on, bare minimum, it, like, it would make me feel panicked because it's like, well, the kids need shoes and, you know, but, but we don't need to be, we're not in that situation yeah. right now. The thing that I love so much about <laughs> it is for me getting laid off by doing this exercise of creating this survival budget, which maybe took us half an hour, hour, just kind of laying it out. Mm -hmm. And my hope was that we never had to live it. And we actually never did have to live it. But I wanted to know the worst case scenario. Because once I did that, I saw, wait a minute, I could go down and work at Starbucks. I could walk down to Starbucks and do that 40 hours a week and we're going to be fine. And like that was so comforting for me yeah. because- I didn't know like what was going to happen with my job and the business getting off the ground and all that stuff. And so that was a really big comfort just knowing that information. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's it's just such a fantastic tool. And my husband and I have been doing a little bit of that. So, you know, I had the full-time job, then I jumped to part-time, and then now I'm full-time into Faith and Gather. And so we've yeah. had to kind of do this survival budget. And now we're really getting to a point where, you know, God's really just blessed us and keeps showing up with money as he does when you walk in obedience and you follow his calling, like he'll show up. But we're getting to a point where like, we've still been able to live our lifestyle a little bit mm -hmm. that we like. And I'm like, man, but I really want to dig into this business more. And so when yeah. I read the survival budget, it was actually really refreshing because you had put a time limit on it kind of, which was good for yeah. me in terms of in my head, I could put a parameter around it and be like, this isn't forever. This yeah. is just for, so say important. for us, like six months. Yeah. And in that six months, here's what you get to achieve. Like you're going to be able to do all these things with your business. You can still mm -hmm. like put food on the table, like, you know, all yeah. of these things. And one of them, you know, was a, is a luxury for us. And I think for a lot of people, but like contributing to our Roth and do certain things, which is really such a pain point, especially for my husband, you know, because <laughs> it's like, ah, that's our future. But at the same time, you know, I truly believe that the Lord put this passion in me and that I'm going to be helping provide for our family. So we yeah. just got to take like buckle down these six months and really just like, for it. And so I think it was just like such a cool tool when I read that, like you said, Linda, it's like empowering. Like I actually felt empowered when I read that and was like super excited to talk to my husband about it. That's great. Yeah. And that time limit, like you identified is so important yeah. because I mean, like she said, it's when you don't have that there, your, your natural mind just assumes forever. Yeah. Like in your brain just yeah. defaults to forever. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that forever. You know, <laughs> yeah. so you have to throw the time limit on there because then you see, all right, a couple months or six months or whatever. It's like, I can do that for six months. Yeah. It's not that intimidating anymore. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So good. So one of the preach, like preach preacher moments as I was reading through the book was in the title, really. So simple money, rich life. And when people read that, they think rich money, you know, that's like just automatically what I would assume, because what in my head, you know, simple money, how do you have a rich life? But you have a totally different definition of that. What is that definition? Of a rich life? Yeah. I think for us, like we just determined that, uh, yeah, it's just so much more. It's so much more than money. Like, in, like you mentioned before, just this idea of once we got out of believing all the lies that the world has told us about money, you know, because the world is just obsessed with money being the goal, that mm -hmm. money is where um, you find your identity. It's the thing that you put your trust in. It's where your security comes from. Like this is all, these are all the things that the world is doing to money because money is their God. But for us as believers, that's not the way it is. And in fact, all of those things, those are the things that we need to be looking to God for, for our security, for our trust as our provider, like all, yeah. all these things. And money, so many people try to put money in the place of God for that thing. And so once I just 
I don't know, realized, had that revelation, God kind of showed me just this idea that money is a tool. It's not wrong. You know, uh, the, the love of money, you know, is a problem, you know, but money itself is not, and it can be used for good, and it can be used to advance his kingdom. And that's what I'm after. That's kind of the goal. And that's what we see, uh, maybe just part of what a rich life is, like that abundant life that Jesus is talking about. And I think that if you are judging God's blessings, just through the lens of a dollar amount, like you're, you're so short-sighted in that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many ways for God to bless you and to create a rich life that extends so far beyond a dollar amount and the amount in your bank account. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That leads me to the question. Um, I'm surprised you didn't talk about this when you introduced yourself, but some people can't fathom giving 10%, the 10% that you know we're usually supposed yeah. to give. But the two of you decided years ago that you would give your age. Yeah. And so now you are giving, am I correct, 40%? Are we at age 41 now? now. 41 now. Okay. We're getting older, 41. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not 41 yet. Okay. And I was actually going to ask that too. I was like, whose age do we go off of? Do we go off of like who turns, who's the oldest and go first? It's normally me. Okay. We're yeah. only eight months apart, right? Yeah. It's eight months, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So that makes it easy. My husband and I are five years apart. And so I'm yeah. like, well, we'll just have to go with my age then. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that. But yeah, so where did that come from? And then you've actually reached over a million. So just if you could talk through that, because that's your rich life. And, and how do you do that? How did it come about? Yeah. So this started 10 years ago now when I was 31. We had paid off our credit cards. Um, we had just made a lot of financial progress. We paid mm-hmm. off all of our credit cards, paid off our car loans, which was amazing. Like that in and of itself was such a breakthrough. Paid off our student loans. I had a bunch of student loans. And we had no more debt other than our house, which was fantastic. And I remember going to God and I was Yeah, going, most people are like, oh my God. Most people consider that debt-free, right? It's yeah. like, I have no debt except for my mortgage, right? And so totally. we were tickled pink to be in that position and felt so blessed already. Yeah, very, very thankful and happy about all that financial progress we had made. But I wasn't done yet. And I wanted <laughs> to get this mortgage paid off. I wanted to be 100% debt-free. Yeah. And I remember going to God and um, I was praying in this field near our house, just kind of a secluded field. I would go and pray sometimes. And I was praying specifically um, for help getting our mortgage paid off. And I had a plan in place. It was going to take about three to four years to get it paid off because I'm the numbers guy. I had it all mapped out. And as I was praying and asking God for help to do this, I felt one of the more clear things that ever, ever communicated to me. And I felt like he said, if you really want to see me move on your finances, I want you to begin giving your age as a percentage of your income. And I remember stopping in that field and looking up to the sky and like scratching my head and being like, is this a joke? Like, who does this? You know, like... Where is this coming from? And it's like, it, you know, and I knew that I knew that I knew that this was God. It wasn't something I was just making up. And anyway, and then my next thought was like, you know, I'm doing math in my head, like as I'm in this field, I don't have a calculator on me and trying to figure out like, can we even do this and buy groceries and pay the bills and like all the stuff. And so I was kind of like freaking out about that. But the thing that I remember distinctly about it is I didn't feel like God was saying, you have to do this or else. Like it felt like, it reminded me of Jesus being on the water and inviting Peter to walk out on the water out of the boat. It just felt like a gentle invitation to go on an adventure with him. And I remember going back and talking to Linda and asking her, I'm like, honey, I got some crazy (laughs) idea here, hon, crazy idea. Which was refreshing to me because I feel like I'm the one that's normally got the crazy ideas. So for him to have a crazy idea, I'm like, all right, let's see what you got. Yes, I totally agree. I'm the same. My husband's been getting, I feel like we um, rub off on them a little bit. Like the more you're married, the more you rub off on yeah. like the craziness because exactly. my husband's been getting a little crazy and I'm like, ooh, I love okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, at that point, yeah, he asked you, you know, here's what's going on. Here's what I think I heard God say. Like, what do you think? Talk some sense into me, you know? <laughs> and I remember you saying that, you know, if God is asking us to do something as crazy, there's probably something really cool on the other side of it. Yeah. And so with that, we followed some of the worst financial advice in the world of how to pay off your mortgage early. <laughs> we started giving all of our money away. So it's like the opposite direction of paying off our mortgage early. And so that month we began giving 31%. We were previously giving probably 11% on average. And so we stepped it up to 31%. And the amazing thing is that 10 months later, our mortgage was paid off. 
Like it made absolutely Isn't no that sense. Crazy. That is so. It was bad. just one of those things. I still scratch my head. Like, how did that even happen? I mean, like, how did God do that? Like, I to this day can't. Like, I can't break it down and tell you exactly how it happened. It was just money was coming from different places in different ways, loaves and fishes stuff. Like, God freaked us out with that. Totally. Absolutely. You know. We still feel that way. Yeah. 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 So we stuck with that. Because when you see God do something like that, you're like, well, what else is there? What else have I been missing out on? You know? Like, Like, you see it as this invitation instead of a, you have to do this, and you realize that he's trying, he's like, come on, come on. I got more, I got more, I got more. And so you, you're you kind of like, all right, take it all. Like, what what else can I give you? Because I just want to see whatever you have next. I want to be part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So back to the second part of that question, the million-dollar goal. Like, So it's just a number. It's a random number that we picked. So I'm not, like, putting anything significant on it. But, like, for us, it was significant because it was a milestone to be able to celebrate what God has done in the lives Absolutely. of two very unlikely candidates. This is not the norm yeah. for where we come from. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this isn't what people do. And to be able to watch God just kind of move through our lives and do something that just has blown our minds. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's known us for a long time, it's blown their minds. <laughs> um, and so, it's, so it's just true. been really cool to be able to celebrate that. And it's just been a really, really fun thing. Have you seen other people in your lives that like know you, like your family, your friends, not just the ones that, you know, on social media and, and your, your, the people who take your class, but the people that you know, have you seen that effect and has that changed their life and the way they approach giving? Yeah, it's been really fun. One of the interesting things about all this is for the longest time, we weren't sharing any of this and we were very, very yeah. private about all of it. And God actually convicted me and basically told me like, you are withholding giving me the glory for what I have done in your life by not talking about your financial life. Because we've been talking about finances for so long and I just was keeping it all a secret. <laughs> and well, right, because it can come across like, oh, look what we did. You know what I mean? And that was never our intention, still is not our intention. Yeah. Like, Well, because we know it's not us. Yeah. Like, we know where our help comes from. Like, We know what God has done in all this. Yeah. And it's like, part of why we wrote this book is, God has done the heavy lifting, Mm -hmm. but like what we're trying to do with the book is help people get in a position for God to do the heavy lifting in their lives too. Because we have a part to play. There are natural steps that each one of us have to take in order to see these really big miracles. Like if you you can track through the Bible and you see this over and over and over again, like there's a big miracle, but it required some sort of step of faith, some sort of action on the person's part to Yeah, take. like you think about Moses and how he's like, well, I can't go in front of Pharaoh because I have a stutter, right? Well, the stutter went away because he was obeying the Lord. Like he yeah. had to go and say, yes, I'll do this and then go get in front of Pharaoh. And that's when his stutter was gone, right? Like he didn't have any problem speaking to him, speaking very clearly and telling him exactly what the Lord was saying. But if he would have never been in that position to, to get there, like if he would have said, no, I'm not doing that because I'm too embarrassed. And that would have changed a huge portion of the Bible, right? Yeah. <laughs> if he would have Absolutely. just said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. He's just looking for a yes, a willing yeah. participant to say yes, a whole load of faith mm-hmm. that's going to say yes. Yeah, yep, exactly. Do you feel like there should be money left over at the end of the month and there rarely ever is? Or would you say your financial life is fine, but you desire to make more of an impact? Or are you ready to learn long-term investment strategies recommended by billionaire investors that could get you on your way to 10 times your investment? Seedtime offers financial courses that educate and empower you for every stage of your financial journey. If you're ready to say yes to financial freedom and for God to use your money as a tool to do the miraculous, go to faithandgather.com slash seedtime and pick the best course for you. When you find the one you love, enter discount code FAITHINSPIRED for 10% off. So again, if you're ready to run and say yes to kingdom impacting money, go to faithandgather.com slash seedtime, that's S-E-E-D-T-I-M-E, pick the course designed for you, and enter discount code FAITHINSPIRED. Get ready to become truly free as the world needs you to be. In the book you also do for the giving, you do the, I think it's the net given. Mm-hmm. Like you do a net given. And I got jacked about that too, because I was like, my husband and I have the same kind of heart. We love giving to people. 
I pray to the Lord, like, Lord, you know, I want this X amount so then we can give it away. Like, I just, I don't want to turn people away because I just get so on fire giving things to people. But then you can get lost on like not knowing what you're giving away. So one, you want to track it because then you know what you're giving away. So it's good for your finances. But then two, when, (laughs) for us, when our trunk breaks and I'm in the middle of a fancy town and I have to hold my trunk up with a piece of wood, I know why I'm standing there looking ridiculous. <laughs> because oh <my> <laughs> this is a true story. Car. True story, you guys. I literally, at, I, I didn't do it today, but at school, my kiddo was bike day and I didn't use the piece of wood because I was too embarrassed, but I had to like hold <laughs> up the back of the trunk to like, and with uh, one hand and then shoving my kid's bike with the other because oh I was like, Lord, it's because we're giving, we're giving back to the glory of the kingdom. Yes. You know? It's so, so good. Funny. No, we're, we're with you too, though. Like right now, honestly, our car is... <laughs> Our van has a big dent it, in the back of it because I backed it into It's one of those something. things that we're like, how did we get here? But here we are with this car that's kind of, you know, a little bit embarrassing to drive around. I told somebody, I was like, I think this car is clumsy because we have had more accidents with the car. this car. My dad backed into it. I mean, it's just been like all over the place. So the car is clumsy. It's true. It's like, is that the most important thing? How you appear in front of, you know, whoever. Like, you don't really care what they think. We do a little mm-hmm. bit because we're humans and it's like, you know. Yeah. There's, there's just. Because <laughs> if I didn't care, I would have put the wood up and been like, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you know? What you said is so accurate. It's like you really care what the Lord thinks and you really care where your money is going and you have that as your priority. And, you know, once in a while it's like, well, you know, (laughs) it just makes you blush a little bit, but that's as far as it has to go, you know, because when when we're giving to the Lord, like we're seeing that this doesn't end here. Like our finances can make a, an eternal impact and not just, you know, driving around the nicest car. Do we want nice cars? Sure, of course. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we're putting that so far ahead of children that are starving or being trafficked or any other number of causes that any of us could name right now that are just screaming at us, begging for us to fix it, right? Even just souls being one for God, you know? Like, we we all are in that position of knowing that is much more important than our car. Yeah. And we can laugh about our car and maybe feel embarrassed once in a while. But when push comes to shove, we're putting our money where our mouth is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, um, what's that what's the verse? Like, well done, good and faithful servant. Way to have that cruddy car. Yeah. <laughs> to serve the kingdom. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. That's what it requires. (laughs) But you know what? I think that's so good too because we as Americans, especially, we're not used to telling ourselves no very often. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Like it's so important to tell ourselves no because the truth of the matter is not everything revolves around us. And I tell this to my kids, you know, they want Chick-fil-A every time we, we leave the house it's like, well, if we do that, then we won't have running water because we will have spent all the running water money mm-hmm. on Chick-fil-A, the, you know, right? Like it just, you have to hear that word yeah. and it, it extends as far as you'll take it. And the scripture for that is discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of purpose in telling yourself no yep. so that you can tell God yes. Yeah. There's so much freedom in that. Yeah. So much freedom in the word no to give that mm-hmm. yes. So good. So, yeah. so good. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I'm going to ask a couple more questions if that's yeah, okay with way. you. Okay, cool, cool. It's uh, it's a late night here, you guys, for uh, for this group here. <laughs> <laughs> with the little kids. With the little kids. The little kids. So you say you can have it all. So we're talking about a lot of the survival budget. Talked about, you know, our cruddy little cars, you know, so people are thinking... <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'm out. I don't want that life. Yes. But you say that you can have it all. So what, is, what does that mean? Yeah, just to be, anybody who is saying that they're out, uh, I yeah. think it should be clear that I think we live a very nice life. Yeah. But we don't live the life 
to the fullest of what we could according to all the money that we've earned over our lives. As far as the world standard goes. Yeah, and and, th- and that's part of what the no is. You know, right. it's like, and this is just part of contentment in determining, you know, for us, what is enough, you know, because the fact of the matter is expenses rise to meet income. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a universal principle or law that happens. Like, unless we set up something in place to kind of prevent that from happening, when we get a raise, our expenses are just going to rise up to it over and over and over again until we make $400 million like Mike Tyson, you know, and then we blow it all, you know. So anyway, all of that to kind of tie back, I just want to make this point that like, I think we live a very nice <laughs> life. Like, so I this agree. isn't like, we're not living like paupers or anything like no, that. And no, that's no, no. where I do think we can do both. I think you can have a life where you're living a nice life and being extravagantly generous at yeah. the same time. I think you can do both. Yeah, I just think it's available to us. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that you talk about in the book is that we can choose which things are more important to us to spend our money on, Yeah. right? So it's much more important to us to have regular date nights than it is to have a super fancy car. If you're a super fancy car person, do that. You know, like figure out where you want to spend your money and then you have all the freedom in the world to do that, right? Like it is interesting how, like, did you say this in the book? I think you said... I guarantee you someone somewhere finds thinks that the way you spend your money is just idiotic. Yeah. It's like <laughs> somebody's No matter what think, you spend your money why on. Why would you spend yeah. your money yeah. on that? But to you like we have this thing where we're like but that's so important to me like of course I would spend my money on that, right? Yeah. The other car that we have I will say is Bob's dream car which is a Jeep. Ooh. And we do really love that one. Anyway, just to make the point of it does not have to be this yeah, way. Yeah, so let me, but- <laughs> tie, let me add on just a little bit more of that. So the area for improvement here, the thing that makes a big difference here, so like you were talking about, we prefer to whatever, go on four nice dates per month rather than having a four or $500 car payment and drive whatever brand yes. new car. Like instead, we're gonna drive a five-year-old car that's still nice, but I'm so much rather have a paid off five-year-old car and be able to go on four nice dates with her a month. Like I would prefer that. Mm -hmm. Some people, they don't. They don't care about that. They'll eat macaroni and cheese every night and they will drive a brand new Land Rover or whatever. To each his own, that's fine. But the point is, is that if you're someone like us and you don't really care that much about a brand new car and you're like fine with a five-year-old car, then don't have a brand new car. Like don't be in that situation where you have a car payment and it's not something that's important to you. And this mm-hmm. is where the prioritization of what are the things that are most important for you? Let's figure out what those are so you can spend more money on those, you yeah. know? And so that's what we're talking about here. How do we eliminate the things we don't care that much about and they're just sitting there right. um, to focus on the things we love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know your priorities and enjoy what you love. Yep. Yeah. And for me and my husband, we love travel. So like a part of um, travel is expensive and it's getting way more expensive these days. There was a while there where we were just like flying real good during uh, the pandemic, but now it's getting a little crazy. <laughs> That's one of the things that you talk about that I've seen on your site is that you have been able to travel. Let me, let me make sure I get this right. Over a hundred flights and hotel nights free in five years. So that's actually yeah. a selfish question of mine. How do you do that? Yeah, it's it's bonkers. Uh, so uh, briefly... The blog post on our site is a seedtime.com slash free dash travel, I believe. Like this goes into much more detail than what I'm gonna talk about here, but I'll try to give you the big picture of it. But the gist of it is I ended up opening 34 credit cards to find which ones have the best <laughs> rewards programs. Okay. This is what That's I do to nerd out. Okay. It is insane. No one needs to do that, but that was why I did so it. Don't do that. This it's is already, part of yeah. what this is what I consider my job to be, is right. to be the guinea pig, to figure this stuff out yes. for everyone listening so mm-hmm. that you don't have to do that. Anyway, and so in doing all this, I determined a couple different things. So the first one is almost every credit card has rewards programs, but what most people don't realize is that the difference between a decent rewards program and a fantastic one isn't like twice as good. It's like 10 times or 20 times better in terms of how many, how far the points will go and what you can do with them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And most people just have no idea about that. And so they're sticking with the reward, the rewards card that'll get them a toaster for a whole year of spending or something like that. When the reality is like you get the right cards and you can be, like we said, you can be staying in many, many hotels for free and flights for free and like doing all this stuff. 
So what we did through all this is determined, all right, what are the best cards for us and what we gonna do? Cause it's kind of different depending on what your needs are and how you wanna travel, like mm-hmm. where you wanna travel, whether the US or out. And if you don't wanna travel, if you want cash back and like all these different things. But point is we determined for us what are the best cards for us to do that. And then once we have the cards and get the points, how do we maximize that? And how do we do this in the simplest fashion? You know, cause that's the other thing is like, I am an 80-20 type of person where it's like, I don't want to create complicated systems. Like I want to figure out the most simple, easy, set it and forget it thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what we've boiled it all down to. But anyway, the blog post goes into kind of our strategy on how to do this and how to replicate it and all that stuff. Uh, But that's a big picture gist. And I can, you know, prod me and I can answer specific questions from there if you want. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. So then the listeners can have that and I'm going to peruse that as well. But for you guys, what are the top cards? Yeah. So right now, um, one of the best cards that we've used for many, many years is called the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Ugh, that hurts me. We got rid of that one and it got so good after we got rid of it. (laughs) It's a great card, but that doesn't mean like, I don't know your exact situation and what you're trying to do. But anyway, Chase Ultimate Rewards Points are just really, really powerful. Like you can use them in so many different directions for so many different things. They can be transferred to so many different airlines and to different hotels, and you can book on their site, and you can shop on Amazon. Like You can do all kinds of stuff with them. And so they're really, really powerful, particularly if you want to travel the way that we do in the U.S. using the airlines and hotels and that you know we recommend through mm-hmm. all that. So we found that to be a big one. But, um, but the other thing that a lot of people don't realize, too, is that you know, you'll see a credit card offer where it'll give you 100,000 points for signing up. And then another one will give you whatever, 40,000 points are signing up. So a lot of times, uh, depending on the card, those 40,000 points might be worth far more than that 100,000 points. Mm-hmm. Because I've had cards where I get a 100,000 point sign up bonus, but the cheapest hotel night is 25,000 points. And so you can get four nights out of it. Whereas, you know, I, I got a 50,000 point bonus one time on one of the cards we opened, and we ended up getting a 10 night Hyatt hotel stay when we were adopting one of our kids. And the entire wow. 10 nights was completely free just from 50,000 points and this one sign-up bonus. So it was anyway, amazing. so they're very different. So they're different brands of cards and their points. And this is what most people don't realize. They just think a point is a point. I mean, that's like not, it's not yeah. at all. Like one might be five times more valuable than another one. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to read that blog. I'm going to dig into that. And again, I'll have it in the link so that other people can get their travel on too. Yeah. All right. Let me add one more piece here. Cause I, I have to give this caveat. So when we first got married, we could not use credit cards responsibly, okay? And so we got ourselves in trouble with credit cards. And so we didn't use credit cards for seven years because of that, because we just kept on carrying a balance. And one of our rules with credit cards is if we ever carry a balance, we're gonna cut them up, we're gonna be done with them. So if you are someone who is constantly carrying a balance, this isn't for you. That's gonna negate all the benefits of the rewards that you'll get, okay? So this is for people who are in the position right now. It's like you're consistently paying off your credit cards. You know that it's not a problem. Like mm-hmm. you have to be honest with yourself and yep. where you are with it. Like I don't want anyone to get hurt and be harmed because I went and opened up some credit cards and got themselves in trouble. So know yourself, be wise, and just do the smart thing. Amen. Amen. Totally agree with that. Yeah, my husband and I use credit cards as if it's kind of like our bank account. So we use it just so we can get the points. And then at the end of the month, we pay off everything on that card yeah. and we only use it as that because it. it is for the points that's the whole point of the points yes. <laughs> not getting into that <laughs> so we've talked about your book we've talked about your website but can you give us the details really the listeners on like where they can find you on social get your book go to the website all that juicy detail yeah, so yeah, we're podcasters too. We have a podcast called the Seed Time Money Podcast. Uh, and we're on Instagram at Seed Time, like S-E-E-D-T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. And the book is pretty much anywhere you can find it, Simple Money, Rich Life. We have the audible version that we read. Yep. First time reading a book, but we did it. And so that was really fun. So if you don't like our voices, get the paperback. Just go with that. <laughs> um, but if you do, we have the audible version as well. Yep. Fantastic. So fantastic. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. And then I have one more question. Mm -hmm. And this is a very important one that I think the listeners want to know. It's when can my husband and I fly down to have dinner with the two of you? (laughs) Anytime. Anytime. We got a bunch of great restaurants in Nashville. So We're all about that. We're all about that. You, Bob, could just chat away with my husband, Matt, and just geek out over spreadsheets. And I think he had a (laughs) mug that was like, it's in a cruel world. At one point in time, 
Yeah, only you would get that. I had to like Google that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an accountant, but I, I get yes. the joke. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So don't feel bad if you have to Google that as well, because I had to do that. And then, you know, you, Linda and I, we could just chit chat about Target and all go the fun. Or we could just go shopping. Like, yeah, we could go shopping and then they could just like hang out and talk numbers. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. Let us know whenever you're in town. For sure. And we'll hook up. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had a blast. So I hope you did too. Yeah, same here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this laughter and knowledge packed chat. I also hope it prompted you to dig deeper into where God is calling you to remove the roadblock of finances. So when he says go, you don't hesitate, but run to a resounding yes. As Bob and Linda said, you can have it all, but you must know your priorities. I forgot to mention it in the episode, but my husband and I have our well-loved and a bit worn car, but we also have a beautiful one with some bells and whistles. I don't say that to save face. I say that to reiterate and confirm what they were saying. You can have it all, like a nice car, a big home, fancy shoes, or whatever it may be. But to live kingdom-minded and in step with your priorities, your life won't look the same as what the world considers rich. But that's the point. We aren't supposed to be of this world, just in it causing people to question and notice the miraculous God who took an ordinary couple with a considerable amount of debt to give $1 million by age 40. So start asking God, what little and big steps of faith can you take so you can say heck yes when he calls you? Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.